week. Would you give a great Arkansas welcome to Brother Rima Duncan as he comes to minister the word of the Lord to us? God bless you, sir. Let's give that to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands like you know good things happen when you wait on the Lord. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. What an incredible uh, time of worship. I've heard parts of that song before, but never the full song. What an incredible uh, ministering song and fitting for this week. I do believe that God wants to renew strength this week. He wants to call people to the work of the kingdom. He wants to rescue people from their demise. I believe God's going to do a lot of things this week. Praise God. So you're not here by accident. here by incident. You're here on purpose. Thankful for the other ministry that will be uh, uh, serving in this camp uh, alongside with everyone else. Brother Canones all the way from California. Thankful for his ministry and his gift to the kingdom of God. Thankful for the district leadership. Brother Gaddy that's here tonight and uh, your youth president, youth secretary. That's all right. Give him a hand. Godly leadership. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I believe that God is very interested in this generation. Uh, you, there's something about you that God is very interested in. And I don't think uh, uh, talking to people and uh, elder ministers, I don't think we've had a generation yet that is as hungry for the things of God as this generation. And when I'm talking about the things of God, I'm not just talking about standing up here behind a pulpit to speak to a crowd of people. I'm talking about being hungry for the things of the Spirit. Uh, it, it should pique your interest when you hear of 12-year-olds having open visions God beginning to call them by his spirit and directing and ordering their steps in the Holy Ghost. You should have a palate for that. That should whet your appetite for more of that. Hallelujah. And I believe that God wants to uh, activate that. But everybody say, that's pinnacle. That's a mountaintop. That is an apex to have an experience like that. But before I preach you pinnacle, I want to preach your process. Because we do desire the things of God, and most times when we talk about that, we are referring to outward expressions of his power. Physical manifestations of a move of his spirit. But there's a process to get there. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go on a little journey. 
I'm going to go on a little journey. As you remain standing, thankful that my wife and two sons got to come with me and uh, had a nice little road trip down. And it's been a while since we strolled down 57 like that. And uh, I'm thankful that they're with me this week. I want to uh, read from Genesis chapter 28. Praise God. Genesis chapter 28. Verse 10 and 11 talks about Jacob right after he has left his home because he is at odds with his sibling Esau after stealing his blessing kind of swindled his brother out of a birthright. Part of that was Esau's fault. Esau was a little bit too hungry and just gave it away. He said, yeah, yeah, just give me some food and you can have that greater portion of the inheritance. But uh, Esau, he didn't want to sell his blessing. I know sometimes when we hear that story, the two kind of run together and we think that Esau just sold everything. He was just, he didn't care about the things. He, he valued blessing. He did not value birthright. And we are in that generation right now. It's funny how the Bible says that God loves Jacob. He said, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Hey, what did Esau do so bad? And I believe it's because of things that he valued. He had a great value on blessings, but no value on birthright. And that's the generation that we're living in. That's the generation that you and I will have to minister to. People that want all of the candy rain from heaven but they don't want to be born again. Oh, they like, they like the healing of cancer. They like the financial miracles. They like the blessings. But when you start to get into the birthright stuff, they said, ah, oh, you can have that. God says, I, I don't like you. Amen. But this is the context where we're finding Jacob having left his home and is in transition, fleeing all the mistakes of his past and going into an unknown future, he finds himself in transition. And the Bible says he went toward Haran, place where his ancestors were from. He lighted on a place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. The Bible says he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and laid down in that place to sleep. So Jacob, in this time of transition, he was able to rest in a very uncomfortable position. I mean, the dude was... 
He was laying on a rock for a pillow. That's a pretty tough spot to be in. Knowing that you're in danger, you got problems in your own family, and then you find yourself in this barren place. I don't even know why you, what you do, what are you, what am I even doing here? But God has a very special purpose for that location right there. I want to talk about that on this first night of camp. Praise God. I want you to lift your hands as we pray. Thank you, Lord God, for the moving of your power, the angelic hosts that have joined us in this service that will be ministering all week through morning services and sessions, night services, and even in between, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that we will not hinder anything that you want to do. We take our hands off of the service. We want you to have your way, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for the lives that you're going to transform tonight. People that you're going to position for power tonight. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. Hallelujah. That's right. Go ahead and clap your hands and give God the praise today. Right. Praise God. As you're seated, just tell yourself, there's a sword in my stone. We know the story of Jacob and Esau. We know that Jacob is given his name due to the condition of how he was born. He was grabbing at the heel of his brother Esau kind of given a depiction that he thought that he should have been firstborn. He was grabbing at his heel. It's kind of like he wanted to pull him back in for him to be first because to be firstborn comes with some perks. So all of his life, he is kind of living in the shadows of his brother, knowing that Esau is firstborn. And then one day, Jacob begins to devise a plan to take what he thought should have been his. So as Esau is coming back, doing his thing, tired and hungry, he sees Jacob cooking some food. And you know how the siblings are. They're kind of territorial over food. Y'all are laughing because that's probably you. You're probably the one with your name on the cereal box. You're probably the one with a bottle of pop in the fridge. And if you see the, the, the cover of the bottle twisted in the wrong way, you knew somebody had tampered with what was yours. That was Jacob. He liked to tamper with things. And so he devised a plan to take what he wanted. And so... He takes Esau's birthright by an uneven exchange. Esau gives him this birthright, the greater portion of the father's uh, inheritance, and he just gives him a bowl of soup, some pottage. So now he has the greater portion, 
But that's not really what his mind was on. He wanted to be firstborn. So he, he wasn't satisfied with just this birthright. He wanted the blessing. So story has it that he played like his brother, even put on the skins of an animal to act like he was as hairy as his brother and steals this blessing that was supposed to go to Esau. Now he's on the run. His brother Esau is upset. He's on the run. He was running from his past, unsure of his future, and finds himself in a hard place. Now many of us in this room can identify with this condition. Nobody in this room is perfect. And in, addi in addition to that, we find ourselves in some very trying and low, hopeless and depressed times. And a lot of it is our own doing. Whether it's because we sinned, whether it was because we've made wrong decisions or good decisions at the wrong time, we find ourselves in a hard place. So Jacob found himself amongst stones. Now he's nervous, doesn't know what to do, but he does one thing right in this hard place. He finds a way to get a little bit comfortable and lay down and begin to rest even though he was going through a difficult time. Surely the place that he was currently resting in wasn't a place that he would desire to have. It wasn't a place that he would want to frequent. He was just passing through this place. The Bible begins to explain that as he lays his head down to rest, that he begins to dream a dream. And I want to submit to somebody tonight that God gives dreams in hard places. If you really want to feel the unction of God's direction for your life, he will lead you through some uh, uh, valleys that has shadows of death. But you've got to realize something that while you're in that hard place, that hard place is not your demise. Hallelujah. God has a purpose for the pain and the pressure that you go through. Hallelujah. It is the process of promise for you to endure pain. Hallelujah. It is God's way of getting you to your destiny and he walks you through some places that you wouldn't choose on your own. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ after being baptized the spirit like a dove descending upon him immediately he is driven into the wilderness to be tested of the devil. So if Jesus had to go through some things and we want to be like him then you my friend are going to go through some things in order for you to come out as Jesus come out of his testing the Bible says he was full of power 
power, hallelujah. And that's how power becomes a part of your walk with God. You've got to go through something. Think it not strange when those fiery trials come to try you as if some strange thing is happening to you and you can ball up in a fetal position, suck your thumb and cry for mommy all the while you are steady in the will of God. So he dreams a dream as he's resting in a hard place. And in this dream, he is seeing something. He sees a ladder being erected from earth to heaven. And on that ladder, something's happening. There are angels. Everybody say angels. There is angelic activity going on in this dream. And they are climbing up the ladder and coming down the ladder. And when he looks up at the top of the ladder, God is at the top of the ladder. That top of the ladder is an entry point, an access point to heaven. And so there is something going on while Jacob is going through a very hard time. God is giving him a dream that there was things going on in the spirit that he might not realize right now and you might not be able to see it but he's working. You might not be able to feel it but there are angels being activated on your behalf to begin to release purpose into your life. Angels going up and coming down. Going up and coming down. And he's looking at all this go on. So God, as I'm looking at this scripture, God began to show me some things about this scripture. I realized that Jacob was somewhere that he didn't want to be. He was forced to be there because of some of his own mistakes. So he finds himself in this place. And when he finds himself in that difficult place and begins to be able to rest there, he begins to see some things in the spirit as God is showing him in a dream. What is going on in this dream? There are angels, everybody say angels. Angels are ascending and descending on this ladder. This ladder represents a transportation system because angels have one job. They are messengers. That's what an angel is in its purest sense. An angel is a messenger. And the job of a messenger is to deliver a message. Messages. Somebody give him a hand. So with this information, you now look at this dream and angels are going up and coming back down. 
and God is at the top of the ladder and Jacob is at the bottom and their angels are going up and they're coming down and their function is to deliver messages hallelujah God was showing Jacob that there is no better place to begin to activate your prayer life than in this place that you're at right now You've got access to heaven because you've rested in a hard place. Can I preach to this camp that God wants you to know that in your trying times, in the most pressure that you might go through is when you've got access. But the devil doesn't want you to know that. So he'll make you begin to focus on yourself and complain about the place and begin to write down lists of reasons why this should not be happening to you. So if it's to happen and this shouldn't be happening to you, who in the world you think this should be happening to? If not you, then who? Oh, you think you don't deserve what's going on right now. You don't deserve to go through what you're going through right now. But if you're living for God and you've got the Holy Ghost, the Bible promises us that all things work. So although it's uncomfortable, it's very profitable. Hallelujah. Although you don't want to be there, that's exactly where God wants you to be. Let me preach to some young person. You're not living in the wrong neighborhood. You're not a part of the wrong family. You don't go to the wrong church. You don't go to the wrong school. You are right where God wants you to be. Why? Because he places you here in order for you to have access to him. Because you can begin to communicate with God in a way you might not be able to communicate with any other means except you go through a trial. This is where we find fellowship with Jesus. We begin to identify. There's no other way to bond with a friend. And to begin to empathize, you know, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're going through, you know. And you kind of begin to bond, share your war stories, show your scars, and you're kind of like, yeah, oh yeah, man, yeah, I did that too, or that happened to me. And you're beginning to bond with your friends. Well, Jesus allows certain things to, for you to go through so you can begin to identify with his sufferings. Why? Because in those sufferings, you find fellowship. Your relationship with God grows when you go through some things now I feel it already I hear the spirits of the older people in the back might saying man this is kind of heavy for a youth camp well I'm sorry I don't believe in little league church 
And if this generation is going to operate in the spirit as God wants them to, they're going to have to be equipped with some meat. Hallelujah. We got we to gotta throw away the Similac. No more baby formula in church. We got we to gotta go ahead and begin to get some good word that we can, and it's not always going to, be comfortable. We're not always going to like what's going on, but it's right where we need to be. I need to read this scripture because I want you to see Jacob's response to what he went through. The Bible says, continuing in Genesis chapter 28, the Lord stood above this ladder, said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, God of Isaac, and the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it. Understand the context of what he's hearing when he's hearing it. He had just stole the blessing. He already had the birthright in the bag, and he just stole the blessing. So he knew that he was wrong. But he was feeling pretty good that, yeah, it's, it's mine. Whatever God was promising our forefathers, this, this thing is going to fall to me. And so God says, yes, you valued the right things. Here it is. You mean it's not flowing with lush green pastures and milk and honey? He said, no. Where you're laying down right now, that's what I want to give you. He said, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give this to your seed. And your seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The same blessings pronounced upon his grandfather and his father is now falling to him. He says, and behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. And will bring thee again unto this land for I will not leave thee uh, until I have done that uh, which I have spoken of uh, to thee. Hallelujah. God said uh, this is the place uh, that I'm going to gift to you. I'm going to give you this hard place. Why? Because this is the opening. This is the entry point to everything that you've been looking for from my spirit. I've got to walk you through this place in order for you to get to your destiny. So, Jacob, he wakes up out of this dream and begins to really, really in a confusing way, realize what in the world was going on. Jacob awoke out of his sleep. And the Bible says that he said, surely I have no doubt that the Lord is in this place. This barren place, this tough situation, God was very present in this trouble. 
And I didn't even realize that God was here. And he fell reverenced under the power of God's words and spirit. He said, how dreadful, how sacred is this place. Watch it now. This is none other but the house of God. This place is the gate of heaven. If I want to find God, if I'm looking for something powerful from God, God will allow me to find myself in pressure. This is where God lives. This is the house of God. It's not just a bed of roses. It's going to come with some stones that you don't like. But within that place, you will realize that although I don't want to be here, I'm not here by myself. Hallelujah. There is somebody here with me. His rod and his staff is comforting me. He's preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He's anointing my head. That's where the anointing comes from. It's a place of pressure. Lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. I got a word from God by putting my head on the stone. I found rest in this terrible place that I don't want to be in. I would have called it God forsaken had I, I not had a dream, but I realized this is not God forsaken. This place is God given. This is my inheritance. I inherited fellowship. I came into a certain type of covenant with God because he allowed me to feel some things that he has felt. Hallelujah. He's allowed me to endure some things that he's gone through far more than me. But I can identify a little bit now. And because I can identify a little bit more with my God, I am now trusted more with his power. Here it is now. If you can go through a fellowship with sufferings, you become a candidate of power from his resurrection. Because God does not have you in this place without purpose. There is a purpose to this. There's a purpose to the tension. You know, I, man, I'm from New York City. And I have no business doing some of the things that I'm doing right now. I have no business with a shotgun. I have no, the only time I saw a shotgun, somebody had a mask and it wasn't a COVID mask. I have no business in the middle of a big old body of water Talking about I'm trying to pull on catfish. They don't do that in the city. I have no business 
trying to uh, shoot with a, with a compound bow. But I still did it. So I got me a little compound bow. I'm going to, you know, get my hillbilly on. You know, I'm going <laughs> to... Now, I'm going to do my thing because, yo, we don't know what's going to happen in this world, and a brother got to eat. So I'm going to learn how to pull this bow. And so I get this bow, I'm all excited. I got the trigger, you know, and I got the bow, and, you know, I'm over here pulling the bow back, and I'm in the house like, boom, yeah, and I'm going to do this. Ah, yeah, I got this. Boom. And then the third time I did it, pop. All the wiring, the, the string, the cams, everything just busted loose. So I took, take it to the, the archery tech, and as soon as she looks at the, as soon as she looks at the arrow, she says, hmm, dry fire. Because I was over here pulling this bow, just trying to act like, you know, I'm like some superhero, you know, I'm, you know that. I got my Avengers suit on and I'm over here. But when you, you know, fire this bow without an arrow, it's called a dry fire. You have no ammunition. You're shooting without purpose. And so this bow, in order to really shoot it and hit a target, you gotta, obviously, you gotta pull it back. That's what the whole mechanism is. It's built for tension. But it's not built for tension without purpose. And when you have tension without ammunition and purpose, it can break the system. And some of you are like that bow. And you think that God is just playing with you. He's just pulling on you. You've got all this pressure and tension in your life. And you think there's no purpose. And you think you're about to break. But I got good news for somebody. God has a target in mind. He's got ammunition. And he's going to fill your quiver with promise, with prophecies, with power. You're not being pulled without purpose. I know it's hard. I know it hurts. But when you get that release, oh, hallelujah. Something is going to draw you closer and faster to your target than it can't happen any other way. It's got to happen like that. God will pull you. He'll press you. But he'll get you to your promise. So he's, Jacob's over here realizing what he's going through. He's He's kind of messed up because he, he could have missed a visitation from God by complaining about this place. And because he did not complain about where he was, he began to see the purpose of why God had him there. He began to realize that this is where I need to be. 
if I really want to have access to heaven. If I really want to have access to the power that's not of this world, God is going to take me to a barren place. Told you, I'm not going to just preach a pinnacle. I'm going to preach a process. Because if you are going to do a work for God, this will happen. Some of you have been there. Some of you are there. Some of you don't want to go there. And you're hearing this for the first time. But let me let you know right now, you better prepare yourself for pressure. Because that's the pathway to power. This is the old, you think you want to be used of God? And God don't put you through the ringer? The scripture that I preach, I preach this thing so many times, so many different ways. And I preach it wrong every way. Until I realized what he was really talking about in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He's, John the Baptist is talking about, he says, he said, I baptize you with water, but he that cometh after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And you know, we, we get excited when we talk about some Holy Ghost and fire now. We get excited about the fire, but you don't realize that fire doesn't mean excitement. That fire is purification. So when he gives you his spirit, he now deems you eligible to endure things that you must endure in order to fulfill his purpose. Because God is wanting to use your life as a landing point. He wants to touch down on your heart and use your life as a transportation mechanism for his word to this world. So he baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and with fire and his fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge where he wants to touch down. He's going to use your life to accomplish his will. Things will happen. I don't feel like going more further in this, in this message here. But I want you to lift your hands and listen very closely to me as I give direction for this altar call. Those disciples did not want to go through Samaria to get to where they needed to go. Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. I've got to get there. I've got to go through this place. Yeah, Samaria, they don't really like people from Jerusalem. And, you know, there's some, you know, ethnic feuding over there. And these people don't like these, but we got to go through here. And, yeah, it's probably a bad part of that region of Israel. And uh, they could have gotten robbed. They could have gotten, you know, beat up or something like that. But Jesus said, no, nah, we got to go through here. So these disciples are going through Samaria. And even in the face of all that uh, unknown, Jesus says, there's somebody here that needs to have an encounter with me. And if I don't lead us through this way, we can't open up a harvest that has been un untapped unless we go through here. Because there's a woman that's going to meet me at a well. When she has an encounter with me, 
she's going to impact her whole city. So this city can only be unlocked unless we go through here. There's some things that God has spoken over your life, and I'm speaking to adults alike, that you have not seen, but you still believe. It feels like it's just locked up. Well, you've been avoiding the path to get there. You've been praying yourself out of the path to get there. And as soon as God leaves you in troubled waters, you're like, nah, I stay in this boat. Let Jesus walk on this water himself. Sometimes you're going to have to embrace the hardships that come to your life. Why? Because God is not surprised at what's happening to you. If it's happening, God allowed it. If he allowed it, it's not just going to hurt you. It's going to help you. Hear this preacher tonight. This is the access point to the things you've been waiting for. I'm prophesying to you right now. This, what you've been avoiding, is the very thing that's going to unlock your harvest. It's going to unlock the promise. But you've been trying to take the easy route and the path of least resistance. But God said that's not the way to get there. You didn't get the Holy Ghost by me just thrusting a sword through my heart and dying within three minutes. I had to go through some things. I've got to get whipped. I've got to get beaten. I've got to get embarrassed. I've got to carry my own cross up a hill. I've got to get nailed. I've got to get crown of thorns. So you can get Holy Ghost power. And if you're going to unlock the promise of God over your life, you have got to say yes to God when hardship appears. Every hand lifted. For our prayer in this altar call. We're going to pray that God helps us to submit our will to his process. It's not our process. So we cannot dictate how we get to our destiny. This is how you get there. And if you can accept this, then you are a candidate for full access to heaven. Because while you're there, you're not there by yourself. There are angels that are working on the behalf of your prayers. There's an expedited messaging service that is activated while you're going through what you're going through. God unleashes heaven to respond to you when you endure. You've got full access to God. 
You've got full access. Everybody under the sound of my voice ought to have their hands lifted or their mouths open. If you prayed about it and it seems like nothing happened, it might not be against God's will. Maybe some things you just got to let it run its course. Take your scars because it's not going to take you out. But when you get out on the other side, God is going to open up a harvest that you didn't even realize was available for you. This first wave of prayer will be repentance for being offended at God. You are offended because you've been through some things. You felt like it shouldn't have happened. You didn't deserve it. You didn't say it openly with your mouth, but in your heart, you blamed God. You got offended at him. Come on, John. You saw the heavens open, John. You saw the spirit like a dove descending on Jesus. You heard of the miracles and you're still doubting? Your cousin, John? Don't worry, John. Blessed is he that is not offended in me. There's a blessing in getting over your offense. Come on, God wants to release you from being offended. Some of you might not have been, been offended at God. You had some questions, but you might have blamed some people, hallelujah, that may have been involved in the process of your pressure. Stop looking on earth to find answers for what you've been through. You've got to lift your head and look up to the hills. And hallelujah, you might not get all the answers that you're looking for, but you'll find consolation in the direction that you put your hope in. God wants to equip you for your destiny and the sword that'll defeat your future enemies will only be found in one place. That sword is in your stone. 
the enemy tried to mess up your family, mess with your parents, you tried to mess with your emotions, mess with your mind, and the anger, the anguish that came from your experiences were directed in the wrong place. Come on, young lady. Come on, young man. God didn't make it happen, but he allowed it because it's supposed to bless you. Don't resist the blessings of the Lord. There's a wind of healing that's about to hit this place. Hallelujah. The angel of the Lord wants to minister to somebody tonight. And as you're crying out to God, he's pouring his oil right where it hurt. Hallelujah. He's healing your mind. He's healing your heart. You're going to get over that thing tonight. It's not going to hang over your head anymore. Come on, after this prayer, you're going to be able to move on. You're going to be able to look at God in a more powerful way. God's going to release you into some things that you could not access. 